In the beginning, the automobile was a combination of tires, seats, a metal frame, and powered by an internal combustion engine. We use these metallic machines to haul goods, transport friends and family, and travel the world. Fast forward a few decades, and modern automobiles are now a collection of sensors, subsystems, and computers that process information in real time. These systems work in conjunction with vehicle manufacturers, parts makers, and analytics firms to create an automobile that can tell you of an upcoming issue miles in advance. This begs the question, can vehicles predict the future? We take a deep dive in the world of predictive maintenance, big data, and answer that question in this episode of Loaded and Rolling. Focused on empowering and growing meaningful supply chain relationships, Emerge is proud to sponsor the Loaded and Rolling community. Through its freight procurement platform, Emerge offers solutions that enhance the spot and contract procurement process, enabling shippers to make the most strategic decisions possible. Learn more at www.emergemarket.com. Good afternoon and welcome to Loaded and Rolling. I'm your host, Thomas Watson, Enterprise Trucking Carrier Expert here at Freight Waves. Welcome to the second automobile revolution. The first one was the creation of the internal combustion engine and the perfecting of mass production assembly lines to create that modern automobile. The current revolution takes that concepts and adds sensors, telematics, onboard computers, and creates new opportunities for these vehicles with recent breakthroughs and self-driving electric cars and trucks, as well as other technologies. So what we need to do is understand the ramifications that this creates because these vehicles create a near endless stream of data and it allows those with the right tools the chance to literally predict the future. The modern automobile can tell you about road conditions, engine performance, tread and wear analysis, detect oncoming traffic and provide recommendations on when to replace critical parts before being stranded on the side of the road. Joining us today to help us understand these changes and opportunities is Erez Lorber, CEO of Quaystar, an AI-powered automotive solutions company that converts vehicle data into real-world solutions. Erez has over 20 years of domestic and international management experience and brings a wealth of knowledge into the inner workings of electric vehicle technology, preventative maintenance technologies, and electric manufacturing. Erez, welcome to the show. Thank you. Super excited to have you on. You know, starting out... When we're talking about predicting the vehicle's health, is there any piece of hardware, is there anything that from your experience is the most important thing that comes to mind? Uh, so, you know, we have uh, a lot of experience uh, working with vehicles of any type, light commercial, heavy commercial, private vehicles, all over, all over the world in uh, different missions, different geographies. Um, there are a lot of very uh, important subsystems in a vehicle. Uh, obviously, you know, wheel, tires, brakes, uh, uh, and, you know, coolant, oil, uh, a lot of different um, important subsystems. But I think that in order to have uh, the right uptime and prevent failures, uh, in order to cut cost on the total cost of ownership, you need to actually understand how everything comes together. What are the ripple effects of something that is going wrong in one part of the vehicle, how it affects other parts of the vehicle. Um, 
And this is where we come into play uh, with our predictive vehicle health management capabilities, capabilities using AI, machine learning, uh, and predominantly uh, a lot of experience with over 20 billion miles of data that we have accumulated over the years. That's what's really interesting because I, I feel like there's so many different things collecting the data that not many people really understand how to structure it and make sense of it all. Um, you know, is, is that the biggest challenge is just a lot of companies, uh, they make the product, but you just can't figure out what to actually do or see what it's saying to you? Well, there is the question of different protocols, different sensors, uh, and how to communicate and how to understand and sort of decipher this uh, language, I would say, this, this new language uh, that is becoming more and more complex uh, with new types of vehicles where, um, as is often heard, uh, the new uh, type of vehicles are sort of data centers on wheels, gadget on wheels. Um, it's a lot about software and it's a lot about vast amounts of data that are flowing around from different sensors, different car computer uh, um, controllers, etc. And uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you look at OEMs, they integrate a lot of these systems together uh, to manufacture a vehicle. But then, you know, every vehicle that gets on the road, um, it's um, maybe it's... Uh, uh, driven by different uh, drivers, one uh, a good driver that understand how to efficiently drive the vehicle and another one that is not a great driver. And then you start to get a lot of different uh, phenomena, a lot of different uh, failure points that are differ from a car, from a vehicle to a vehicle, from, from different cars. And to get make sense out of all this huge data, uh, is is very challenging. This is this is actually what we're doing. We're turning preventative maintenance into predictive maintenance. Well, speaking with that data and predicting it, you guys are collecting huge amounts of data. You're filling in with AI. Were there any surprises that you found once you started sifting through it? Um, I'm not sure it's surprises, but what surprised me is that you can find companies that are focused on AI and machine learning but are not very familiar with the automotive space. And then you can find a lot of companies that are very familiar with the automotive uh, technologies and space, but they don't have the capabilities in unstructured uh, data in AI and machine learning. And in order to understand how to apply these real advanced tools, cutting edge tools, to get significant insights, actionable insights for, you know, fleet operators, for OEMs, for tier ones in the automotive industry, you actually need to combine both. Uh, that's the only way where you can target these tools, these advanced tools and capabilities to the right pain points. Um, we have this, this combination of understanding customer pain points, understanding uh, where things could uh, go wrong, and then couple that you know experience with the right tools uh we're sort of like a physician i would say that is uh connected to a vehicle and looking very deeply into anything that can go wrong and understanding immediately how to connect the dots correctly so that we understand what the impacts uh, uh could be like so 
back to your question, uh, we're not surprised, but we are surprised with what you can get from uh, this combination of capabilities and, and experience um, uh, to the level of how many actionable insights we can generate for uh, fleet operators or OEMs, uh, things that I'm not sure that all our sort of potential customers realize today, uh, that the power of data and the power of uh, taming, you know, this beast of huge, vast amounts of data, big data, um, and understanding how to make sense out of, uh, out of it. So this is this is really the surprising part uh how much you can still do that uh we didn't do before well it sounds like that's the biggest challenge is you can have people who can make the ai algorithms but the algorithm is only as good as what you know to assign assign what this data is and kind of feed it into it so that way it can do it so that's kind of where your experience comes in if you you guys have over 20 plus years you know in this automotive space if you know what to look for it's just as meaningful with the ai versus having only experience and only the software exactly that that's exactly the point um you know if if you look at oems again they have vast knowledge of vehicles they have great engineering departments we actually work together with them it's not a competition it's actually working together with them and we have uh, quite many customers who are using us, whether uh, it's aftermarket, after sales application, um, uh, in the production line, uh, they're using our tools to get uh, very significant uh, information and data about their vehicles. Because if you look at OEMs, they manufacture a vehicle, they have some scenarios in mind, they, they try to test for it, they try to uh, make sense of it and design it right, obviously. Um, but then it goes out to many different customers in many different, uh, with many different uses. And again, as I've said before, many different geographies. A vehicle doesn't behave the same if it's uh, uh, in the Kalahari Desert or in uh, Alaska or in uh, San Francisco going up and down or, you know, uh, and with different drivers. So we actually combine all our deep diagnostic capabilities together with driver behavior and understanding how this man-machine interface works together and how to prevent problems uh, be before they happen with all this experience uh, that is targeted towards real-life scenarios uh, of vehicles operating in different missions. Well, it yep. reminds me, it's like the holy grail almost, because if you're able to do per truck, like I worked at a large company with 5,000 trucks, and you would have drivers mm -hmm. switch trucks, but you never would know why they would break down. And so the technology, what you're telling me almost is we now can tell by a profile if a driver's driving efficiently or not, and then we can kind of infer from previous examples what may happen if we keep doing this, right? That's correct. It's, one thing is the driver aspect of it, because exactly as you pointed out, uh, the driver influences a lot of the vehicle health, right? I mean, again, uh, depends how you drive it. Do you use a retarder? Do you use your brakes right? I mean, definitely in heavy, you know, uh, light and heavy commercial vehicles, um, uh, the driver has a real big, major impact on the vehicle health. But it's also understanding how to detect anomalies uh, using the AI technology also with new vehicle production. And we are engaged already in some very, very interesting uh, projects with large OEMs 
on how to detect anomalies um, in different subsystems um, that are very hard to find. Uh, I mean, a, a human cannot really go uh, and uh, sift through uh, these enormous data sets. Uh, you need to have the tools that can understand how to identify the root cause, how to identify the anomalies, and then uh, be able to make sense of it. And and uh, and, and later on, uh, it, it, those these things are um, could be useful in the design of new vehicles. Could be used for um, operations of uh, large fleets. We work with hundreds of thousands of vehicles uh, globally. So we know how to take all these things and, and, and look at the things that are most critical for efficient uh, uh, use of large fleets. Uh, you know, many companies over the years, TSPs, were focusing on um, um, accurate location, on track and trace sort of resource optimization of fleets. Today, it's a lot about the uptime of fleets and the, and the lowering of the total cost of ownership. Uh, because uh, a truck can, you know, get stuck for two days, not performing its missions because of uh, a part that cost uh, 150 bucks. Uh, but still, you know, it will be uh, down for uh, a long period of time, and that's the real damage. Same thing goes for warranty period. Uh, we disrupt warranty period where the OEM uh, is providing uh, a warranty for, let's say, three years, and then uh, suffer major uh, costs because of parts that are broken and because of many different things that we can actually alert beforehand and prevent altogether. So that's what we are focused on. I'm liking the application to that because I've had issues where trucks have went down, but the data wasn't there to find out why. It's like, you're sick. We're already sick, but wish we'd known that we had a sniffle 500 miles back you know, so we could have done something about it. Have you noticed with, I know with COVID and the disruptions, has it put in focus now that trucks are on the, you know, vehicles are on the road longer, it's harder to get new ones. Is there now new interest in suddenly saying, hey, I need to, you know, start really paying attention to this? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. There's, there's a lot of interest uh, there uh, because of many different reasons. By the way, you've mentioned COVID. COVID gave a real uh, boost to uh, last mile deliveries, right? So now you have all these light commercial vehicles and sometimes even heavy commercial vehicles um, going into urban, condensed urban areas uh, where sometimes they park halfway on the sidewalk. They do a lot of uh, uh, braking, acceleration, deceleration. All these things um, could have a real impact on vehicle health. And uh, we're able to monitor it uh, much closer. Um, in, in a way, you know, things were dealt with on the maintenance part uh, more um, uh, in a sort of a statistical way, right? So uh, it's like uh, physicians, like doctors that you go to and you say you have a headache and they say, oh, okay, so we'll prescribe something for you uh, because they sort of operate statistically. It's not that they really know you for many years. They did a thorough check for four hours of your body. They understand what affects what, and maybe it's just uh, a symptom and not the root cause. Um, and this is why today we start to look at a uh, very different approach, uh, not only to day-to-day -day operation of fleets and vehicles, but even um, as to periodical maintenance, 
I mean, today, most of the protocols uh, will let you, you know, take your car or vehicle to a garage after a certain mileage and uh, replace things that maybe should not be replaced and not deal with things that could go wrong uh, uh, in a very short period of time. Uh, we can bring all this maintenance concept into a much more accurate uh, per vehicle approach where you really deal with the things that you need to deal with uh, and you don't spend money on things that will not uh, help you uh, not to get stuck uh, or a truck that will go out because they, it seems to be working and functioning and then after a certain mileage will break down because nobody really identified something that is starting to percolate, you know, starting to happen uh, that may cause a problem down the road. Uh, if you are very deep uh, into the diagnostics and, and uh, with the right tools, you can actually monitor constantly where the vehicle is, what is the state of health of the vehicle, and then you can predict things uh, from happening. So we, we used to say knowing in advance is the only way to know, and this is what we bring to the market. Uh, that's really interesting. I was thinking, you know, your, your analogy with the doctors, uh, you know, if you come in and you're sick and they're basically going to give you something based on this prescriptive thing where, oh, well, everybody has this, I just do this without looking. And so almost you could tell me that it may be a stretch. My car may be better known about what's wrong with it than a lot of times than what I would be in some regards, just because a lot of even uh, predicting versus preventing with the technology. Well, exactly. Exactly right. And if you take it uh, uh, to the next step of, uh, let's say, autonomous vehicles, nobody will sit there to smell that there's a, you know, <laughs> that something is burned, right? Uh, like, you know, you, today you have drivers and the driver uh, sort of leaves the vehicle, understand what is going on uh, so with all the advanced systems that are uh, put in uh, put in place for autonomous driving and getting into level five and all these things, still you're sort of in a way losing this human component. Um, and the only way to uh, make sure that everything runs smoothly is by applying these type of technologies to, you know, maintenance, uh, um, to uh, car uh, uh, vehicle uh, management. And, and this is really what... Uh, what, what we're doing, we're, we're, we can tell you exactly what needs to be fixed and when. And that's very, very important. Like, um, you know, the analogy of a, any fire could be put off by a glass of water if you, if you, you know, get there on time. Uh, this is the same thing. There are so many different processes going on in vehicles simultaneously with different protocols, different sensors, um, different subsystems that... You, you do need to have uh, somebody that looks uh, at all these things and understand how to identify problems uh, when they're just starting so you can eliminate them altogether. But if you cannot even eliminate them, at least you can provide an alert that is uh, way beyond just uh, standard you know, uh, uh, alerts that you can see today in a vehicle dashboard. Uh, so you can provide these uh, great actionable insights and then uh, you would save a lot of money and a lot of downtime. So basically, mm -hmm. I, was, I always wondered, especially we, we research uh, autonomous class 8 trucks and everything, and a big thing that uh, people were asking is what happens if it has a tire go out? What happens if it breaks down? So kind of what you're saying is you almost have to have this predictive component in. That way the truck knows 
statistically through all the data that it's time to route myself in before I get routed on the side of the road or stuck. Correct. So the, these capabilities can uh, help a lot with, uh, again, saving uh, vehicles from getting stuck, saving uh, owners from uh, losing a lot of money on, uh, you know, engines that will um, get on fire uh, because of a reason that you could have prevented two months before uh, the incident happened. Um, it, it's really a win-win for everybody. And it's also a win-win for the, the car manufacturers, for the vehicle manufacturers, because perhaps they do some things that are over-engineered and they can save money. Uh, on these things, or perhaps there's something that they need to take into account, uh, which is affected by other, you know, parts of the vehicle that not necessarily you made the linkage between the two, but now that they see uh, a very um, accurate um, uh, diagnostic of what caused what and the cause and effect thing, then uh, obviously it helps the OEMs, it helps the tier ones, and it helps the uh, uh, the end customers, uh, eventually the large fleets. And, and everybody wants the stickiness to customers. Everybody wants to provide better service, um, better experience. Uh, the, the type of things that we bring to the market as, as a leader in predictive vehicle health management are exactly what will get your customers to be very happy. And that's, uh, that's what we're trying to do uh, to our customers. I think that's really interesting because I haven't seen a lot of, especially in this space, the ability to predict it. And we're collecting all that data, especially with customers. Is it kind of randomized for a security standpoint? I guess it's all anonymized. Is there ever any concerns about the privacy of the data? Or is it, uh, you know, I guess as this technology comes on, are there ever any worries about making sure that, you know, only the right people are seeing it? Yes. First of all, of course, we're always uh, looking at GDPR, looking at privacy rules and uh, regulations. And um, in our case, it's data. We don't know who the driver is. We don't, you know, we we, we don't have their uh, pictures. We don't have a photo of them. Uh, We don't know their names. Uh, It's all about data. So everything we do has nothing really to do with privacy. Um, It's all about the 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 vehicle. uh, state of health. It's all about understanding how to get and how to accumulate a lot of data from many different sensors. By the way, it's not just from the vehicle itself. Uh, in the very near future, we will get uh, inputs from smart city you know, sensors, from uh, uh, weather alerts, from many, many different things that could affect the vehicle. And this is really what we're focused on. We're focused on the vehicle and we're focused on how the, the vehicle is being driven. Uh, it's not about uh, a person or, or a specific driver. It's more of a VIN number, a part number, a sensor number, and it's just cool. telematics being collected and not, you know, you don't care who's in the seat, you're just telling you what's going on in the seat. Correct. I think that's really cool. Do you see, you're talking about working on, you know, incorporating weather predictions. Is there anything in the next six months to two years coming across the horizon we should be looking for? Because it seems to me I had no idea that this technology is actually quite robust, you know, right now. Yeah, so there are so many uh, opportunities out there once you know how to deal with, uh, again, uh, big data. Um, it doesn't really matter where you get it from. It matters how you connect the dots. It matters how you apply the data that you get, how you can uh, find the, and recognize the patterns, how you can find the anomalies from unstructured uh, 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 
uh, data from uh, from uh, uh, huge sets of data that um, you need to work with, understand the context of things, and then understand the, the meaning of it. So it could be from, again, from the vehicle itself, and it could be from other sources. I think we're fairly advanced um, with applying the technology, but it will still take uh, some time until everything will be uh, uh, connected together. You know, the, the uh, smart city sensors, the vehicle sensors, uh, you know, inputs from traffic lights, inputs from uh, road conditions, um, and many other factors. But the future is absolutely there. I mean, the, 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 the tools are there, the technology is there, uh, we just need to um, make sense out of all these things. And we start with being very focused on vehicle health uh, and predictive maintenance, but obviously going all the way to prescription, going all the way uh, to incorporating many different sensors, just a matter of time. Thank you so much, Erez. I'm really excited to see how this comes along, especially not only the, the question we asked was, can we predict the future? And to me, it feels like a resounding yes right now. So, yes, uh, I mean, uh, it, it, yes, that, that is correct. I agree with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. We'll, we'll stay tuned. Thanks so much for coming on the show and definitely looking forward to watching how Quaystar develops and continues to grow. Uh, that's something I'm going to put on my list. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Pleasure. That's a wrap for Loaded and Rolling today. You can catch us normally Monday at 2.30 Eastern time every single Monday. Check out the newsletter as well. And I'm your host, Thomas Watson. Join us next week. We'll do it live.